The House is now in recess and is not scheduled to return until late September. The Senate will return Monday and may stay in session through the end of the week and possibly even longer, though the Senate is scheduled to be finished with its work at the end of this week. Last week in the House, they came back to work on Monday and immediately took up a motion to table HRES 554, which was a resolution offered by Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy to condemn the actions taken by Speaker Pelosi when, in an unprecedented move, she had rejected two of the Minority Leader's appointees to a select committee. The motion to table, that is, kill the resolution, carried by a vote of 218 to 197 with two Republicans, Wyoming Representative Liz Cheney and Illinois Representative Adam Kinzinger, voting with the Democrats to table the motion. Then the House took up and passed two bills under suspension of the rules. On Tuesday, the House took up and passed the rule governing floor consideration of H.R. 4502, the seven appropriations bill minibus appropriations bill. Then the House took up and passed two bills under suspension. Then the House began its consideration of H.R. 4502, the minibus appropriations bill. It considered five amendments and agreed to one of them. On Wednesday, U.S. Representative Chip Roy, who was upset that a mask mandate had once again been imposed upon the House of Representatives, offered a motion to adjourn. Quote, this institution is a sham and we should adjourn and shut this place down, he thundered from the floor. His motion was defeated by a vote of 225 to 197, with seven Republicans crossing party lines to vote with the majority Democrats. Then the House took up H.R. 4346, the Legislative Branch Appropriations Act for FY 2022. The House considered two amendments and agreed to one of them. Then the House voted to pass the FY 2022 Ledge Branch Appropriations Bill by a vote of 215 to 207. And the House took up H.R. 4373, the Department of State, Foreign Operations, and Related Programs Appropriations Act for FY 2022. The House considered two amendments and agreed to one of them. Then the House voted to pass the State and Foreign Ops Appropriations Bill by a vote of 217 to 212. On Thursday, the House went back to consideration of H.R. 4502, the seven appropriations bill minibus. The House considered two more amendments and agreed to both of them. Then the House voted to pass the bill by a vote of 219 to 208. Then the House took up and passed four bills under suspension. Then they went home for the night. They stayed in town Friday, expecting to vote on a bill to extend the nationwide eviction moratorium. But the Democrat leadership couldn't get the votes to pass the bill, so they never brought it to the floor. And they ended up releasing members to go start their August recess. Last week in the Senate, the Senate came back to work on Monday and voted to invoke cloture on the nomination of Todd Sunway Kim to be an assistant attorney general. On Tuesday, the Senate voted to confirm him to that position. And the Senate agreed to a motion to discharge the nomination of Tracy Stone Manning to be director of the Bureau of Land Management from the Committee on Energy and Natural Resources. On Wednesday, the Senate voted to invoke cloture on and then to confirm the nomination of Gwyn A. Wilcox to be a member of the National Labor Relations Board. Then the Senate voted to invoke cloture on and then to confirm the nomination of David M. Prouty to be a member of the National Labor Relations Board. Then Majority Leader Chuck Schumer called up his motion to reconsider the motion to invoke cloture on the motion to proceed to H.R. 3684, the vehicle for the bipartisan infrastructure bill. The motion to reconsider was agreed to by a vote of 67 to 32, with 17 Republicans, including Minority Leader Mitch McConnell, joining all 50 Democrats. On Thursday, the Senate moved to take up H.R. 3237, a $2 billion emergency supplemental appropriations bill that appropriated funds for the Capitol Police and the National Guard 
and for the visa processing and resettlement costs for thousands of Afghans who had helped U.S. armed forces in country, working as translators and interpreters. That bill passed by a vote of 98 to nothing. On Friday, the Senate took up a motion to proceed to H.R. 3684, the vehicle for the bipartisan infrastructure bill. That motion was agreed to by a vote of 66 to 28. Then the Senate voted to invoke cloture on and then to confirm the nomination of Ur Mendoza Jadu to be director of the United States Citizenship and Immigration Services of the Department of Homeland Security. The Senate stayed in session over the weekend so Leader Schumer could show everyone he was really determined to get things done before breaking for the August recess. This week in the Senate, they're still considering H.R. 3684, the vehicle for the bipartisan infrastructure bill. At some point, it hasn't happened yet, the actual legislative text of the agreement will be introduced, we are told. At that time, it will be offered as an amendment to the underlying legislation, and it will then become the draft language on which other amendments are offered. I expect there will be a great number of amendments from both sides of the aisle, and I expect it will take most of the week for the Senate to deal with this bipartisan infrastructure bill. After that, according to Majority Leader Schumer, the Senate will take up a budget resolution that would unlock the door to the reconciliation process for a $3.5 trillion reconciliation bill. Now to the Corrupt Politicians Act. On Wednesday, Democrat senators met in the office of Majority Leader Schumer to discuss a revised election reform bill based on a draft offered by West Virginia Democrat Senator Joe Manchin. Following the meeting, participants said they believed a new bill could be released within a matter of days. As of this afternoon, it has not yet been released. Speaker Pelosi and Majority Leader Schumer met with President Biden and Vice President Harris Friday at the White House to discuss strategies to move forward on their desire to pass the Corrupt Politicians Act. Now to more on that eviction ban. Well, Washington dropped the ball on this one if you're a tenants advocate. Or Washington, despite its best efforts, finally stopped hurting property owners if you're a property owner's advocate or someone who simply believes in allowing free markets to work. At issue was the eviction moratorium first declared by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention last September. The last iteration of the, of the moratorium ran out Saturday evening at midnight. In a Supreme Court ruling issued last month, a majority of the court made clear its belief that the CDC had overstepped its legal authority and a proper eviction moratorium would require an act of Congress. The court left in place the latest version of the moratorium, knowing it was scheduled to expire in a matter of weeks, but indicated that if official Washington thought this was good policy, it could only be extended beyond its July 31 expiration date if Congress passed a bill and the president signed it into law. For whatever reason, sheer incompetence being the likely culprit, the Biden administration waited until Thursday to send notice to Speaker Pelosi's office that it sure would be nice if the House passed a bill extending the moratorium before it left town for seven weeks. But the notice came in so late that it didn't give the House Democrat leadership enough time to build the 218 votes it needed to pass the bill. First, they tried a bill to extend the eviction moratorium five months until December 31. They did a head count and realized they couldn't get to 218 from among their own members. And they certainly couldn't count on any Republican votes. So they tried again with a bill that would have extended the eviction moratorium until October 18, when the current declaration of emergency is set to expire. But they ran into the same problem. They couldn't get to 218 from their own side. 
So after holding all their members in town most of the day Friday, they finally gave up on Friday afternoon and announced there would be no vote to extend the eviction moratorium. Progressives, as you might imagine, were livid. Now, here's the thing. Since the beginning of the pandemic last year, the federal government has appropriated $46.5 billion to give to renters who have lost their jobs because of the pandemic and needed financial assistance to pay their rent. As of last week, only about $3 billion of that money, that's about 6.5% of it, has actually made it out of the bureaucracy and into the bank accounts of the renters for whom it was designated. Now to appropriations bills. The House has now passed nine of the 12 appropriations bills needed to fund the federal government. The Senate has passed precisely zero. Given that we've got a number of big bills to deal with over the coming weeks, the bipartisan infrastructure bill, the reconciliation bill, a debt ceiling bill, assuming the Democrats don't follow Senate Minority Leader McConnell's advice to add it into the reconciliation bill, I'd bet a whole lot of money that even though the Democrats control the White House and both houses of Congress, they're going to need to pass a continuing resolution to keep the government open beyond the September 30 deadline. And that's good for us because that means we will keep spending at the lower levels that were put in place when we had a Republican in the White House and Republicans in control of the Senate, rather than the inflated spending levels we're seeing with Democrats in control in the White House and in both houses of Congress. Now to infrastructure. Well, the current status of the bipartisan infrastructure bill the Senate has been working on for months is up in the air. You'll recall that more than a week ago, Majority Leader Schumer tried to move the Senate to consideration of the bill, but his motion to invoke cloture on the motion to proceed was stymied by Republicans who insisted they would not vote to begin debate on a, on a bill that had yet to be written. So Schumer waited a week for the bipartisan gang to work out their final details. On Wednesday of last week, after being told the final details had been worked out and agreement had been reached, Schumer made a motion to reconsider the failed cloture motion from a week earlier. 17 Republicans voted for it. And that made possible a vote to agree to a motion to proceed on Friday. But guess what? By Friday, they still did not have legislative text of this bill ready to go. There was a draft circulating among lobbyists that appeared not to square with what Republicans thought they had agreed to. And there was some pulling back on the Republican side. Democrats insisted that the draft deal that was circulating was not what they had agreed to either, and that Republicans should cool their jets. So the Senate stuck around for a Saturday session where they had been told they'd finally be able to debate the bill. But Saturday came and went with no legislative text released. And then a rare Sunday session was called. This bill is expected to be another massive piece of legislation. Drafts are coming in around 2,500 pages. Schumer has promised to move this bill to passage before letting the Senate leave for its August recess. He reminded everyone Saturday night that he had also promised to move the $3.5 trillion budget resolution to passage before letting the Senate go for its August recess. That recess is currently scheduled to begin on August 9, but it looks increasingly like the Senate is going to lose at least the first week of its planned August recess. Regarding that other bill, the $3.5 trillion reconciliation bill that this infrastructure bill is greasing the skids for, French was thrown into Democrats' plans on Wednesday. After the announcement of the breakthrough on the infrastructure deal was made, Arizona Democrat Senator Kirsten Sinema, the lead negotiator for the Democrats on the deal, announced that she would not support committing to spending $3.5 trillion. Quote, I have also made clear that while I will support beginning this process, I do not support a bill that costs $3.5 trillion. And in the coming months, 
I will work in good faith to develop this legislation with my colleagues and the administration to strengthen Arizona's economy and help Arizona's everyday families get ahead, unquote, she said in a written statement. Progressives in the House and Senate were livid. One other note on this subject, some of you may be wondering why Republican Leader McConnell decided to vote for this bill instead of trying to lead his caucus in opposition. I have not heard this from him or from someone close to him, but I've been a close observer for a number of years, and I think the explanation is just this simple. He is such an institutionalist, and he is so concerned about maintaining the filibuster, he's playing the long game here. He may well have come to the conclusion that in order to keep Democrat Senators Manchin and Cinema on board against eliminating the filibuster, He had to see to it that a bipartisan effort succeeded. It just so happened that this was the infrastructure bill. He may well have decided it was worth it to vote to get on the bill to keep them happy because the bill he really, really fears isn't a spending bill. It's that Corrupt Politicians Act. He'll do just about anything to prevent that bill from passing. And if that means he has to support a $600 billion infrastructure bill in order to keep Manchin and Cinema happy and on his team in defense of the filibuster, he'll do it. And that's our Washington Report for this week.